It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. This is A to Z with Mark Zinno, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. How did we get here? If you're not the number one pick, guess what? You have no guarantee. That's where you are. And it starts. Does that make me a genius? Yes. Now. Good afternoon. Welcome to A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, where today I tell you it's easy to do, but you shouldn't. Welcome in. We are live here on this Monday. A to Z brought to you by our friends at Bet Online coming up on the show. One thing Falcons fans shouldn't do as we get set for the matchup with the Bears, uh, the teams that are the most overrated ones in college football. We'll get to that as well. Plus, there is a choice, but there is no wrong choice when it comes to this one thing for the Atlanta Braves. That's all coming up here on the show. And want you guys to follow us on Twitter at LockedOnATL. I'm at Mark Zinno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O as well. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Get us over 5,000 subscribers. Give a thumbs up and a like to the content there as well. Don't forget we're on Roku TV. However you get, however you get your Roku TV, download that Amazon Fire Stick wherever you get it. Uh, make sure you check us out on Roku TV as well. All right, a lot to get to here today on the show. And I want to start with the Falcons as they get set for uh, their matchup with the Bears. And, like, okay, I, I tried to tell you guys at the end of last week that the regression for the Falcons was coming, and I, and I still think it is. Um, this is not a knock on the team or anything, but a lot of the games that they were able to win earlier on in the year, they're just not going to be able to continue to win a many more of those games than they're going to lose based off of the talent level and what is going on as you get deeper into the season and there's more tape on things and everything else, teams start to figure out a little more. And, you know, uh, this matchup with the Bears is going to be a very interesting one. We thought the back end of this schedule was going to be really easy, uh, or at least when we started the season. Might not be as easy as you think as the Falcons sit at four and six. Uh, They would need an incredible run to uh, go out and win this division. I don't think, by the way, there's nobody from the NFC South that's going to be a wild card. It, it, just look at the NFL standings right now. Like it would take some major collapses for somebody to from the NFC South to end up being a wild card, whether it's the Falcons or the Buccaneers. But um, after the Eagles, who have eight wins, and the Vikings, who have eight wins, right? And, and the two other teams, Giants have seven wins, Cowboys have six. No other team has more than five except for the San Francisco 49ers. So They'll probably get one of the other wild cards, the San San Francisco 49ers or Seattle Seahawks, but nobody from the North is getting it unless the Packers make a run, and certainly the Falcons won't get it unless they make a run. Okay, anyway, aside from all that, this matchup coming up with the Chicago Bears, uh, and I'm here to tell you right now, depending on when you watch this or when you listen to this, by the time you turn on your radio 
or you start listening to sports talk here in Atlanta today, um, you're going to hear a repeated argument all week long that's going to get nauseating, irritating, and annoying. And I'm here to tell you don't do it because it's a waste of time. And that argument simply is this. Um, as the Falcons get set to face the Chicago Bears and Justin Fields, that, oh, my God, we could have had Justin Fields. You're right. You, you could have had Justin Fields, who went 11th overall in the 2021 draft. And yet, in the first year of the Terry Fontenot era, they decided to draft Kyle Pitts fourth overall. And here we are. There's a couple of reasons you shouldn't do this. Okay. And I get Justin Fields is starting to really surge. Um, I've watched the Bears a lot over the last couple of weeks. In fact, bet on them several times over the last couple of weeks. Let's not talk about yesterday. But that said, this offense has averaged over 30 points a game in their last four games. And Justin Fields is starting to look a lot like Lamar Jackson and doing dynamic things and creating a lot of highlights and this, that, and the other. I'm here to tell you, folks, that making this about we could have had Justin Fields is just flat out stupid. And not only that, it's dumb from the standpoint of, if you go back and look at that draft, um, Justin Fields isn't even remotely close, remotely close to the player that they probably should have drafted or would have been better off with. Let's just take a look at this. And let's go back and remember what had happened in that draft. The San Francisco 49ers, had traded up with the Miami Dolphins and went to number three, a spot ahead of the Atlanta Falcons and took Trey Lance. We know by all accounts, Trey Lance was the guy that Arthur Smith wanted, that Terry Fontenot wanted. So when he got taken off the board, I remember a lot of people thought that 49ers were going up to get Mac Jones at three. Um, when he got taken off the board, the Falcons went in a different direction. That direction was Kyle Pitts. Well, let me give you the names that they missed on right afterwards. And here's why you don't get upset about the Falcons not taking Justin Fields. Jamar Chase went right after the Falcons took Kyle Pitts. Last time I checked, Jamar Chase is pretty good. Jalen Waddell went next. Last time I checked, he's pretty good. J.C. Horn went eighth. The cornerback for the Panthers, you probably aren't paying attention. J.C. Horn has played fantastic this year. Patrick Sertan for the Broncos, cornerback there, yeah. Also really, really good. Devonta Smith went 10th. Devonta Smith, very good wide receiver. And then Justin Fields went 11th. And oh, by the way, before you get really mad that the Falcons didn't take Justin Fields, yeah, that Micah Parsons guy went 12th, one pick after Justin Fields. Micah Parsons is the best defensive player in the league right now. Move over Aaron Donald. And he's probably the best linebacker in the NFL, drawing comparisons to Lawrence Taylor with good reason. And I say that as a Giants fan, and I would never make that comparison and say it lightly. So before you get all upset and bent out of shape about the Falcons not taking Justin Fields, because there are certain people in this town who are going to do that all week long because they don't know anything else, don't do it. It's a waste of time. It's, good. it's, it's not going to help you at all. Now, if you want to make the argument the Falcons shouldn't have taken Kyle Pitts, well, I think I said that. Two years ago, <laughs> I was screaming from the rooftops, don't take a tight end at four, period. So, yeah, if you would like to make that argument, I think there is one, but you should have been screaming it then. Don't make this about Justin Fields and what he's doing. 
Justin Fields finally, oh, by the way, and this is what's so important. Think about this. Justin Fields last year stunk. He looked in over his head, looked like he couldn't play quarterback in the NFL. Why? Because his coach stunk. Matt Nagy was a, was a goofball. He got fired. Enter in Matt Eberflus, and guess what happens? Oh, Eberflus is like, okay, we got something here. Let me try this. Let me try that. And it didn't work. And then he just basically said, you know what, Justin, go out there and play ball. Go play street yard ball. Once the, the Packers started, uh, sorry, the Bears rather started one and six or whatever they started, I forget what it is, um, and their season went down the, the, the tubes quickly, Eberflus is like, hey, man, go out there and do you. Yeah, Packers started two and four, and then they beat, beat the Patriots, and they've lost three in a row. But anyway, so they took the training wheels off the kid, and all of a sudden, guess what? You do you, kid, and it's worked out for him. So that's a big part of this. Do I think Arthur Smith could have done the same thing with Justin Fields? Yes, but apparently Arthur Smith didn't want him. And that's all you have to chalk it up to. He didn't want him. Okay, move on. Don't try to relitigate history and do this thing over and over again where we, we focus on the past. Is Marcus Mariota better than Justin Fields? Probably not. No. Does Justin Fields have a longer future in the NFL than Mark Mariota does? Yes, especially as a starter. Okay. Like I said, want to make the argument they shouldn't have taken Kyle Pitts? You can do that. You absolutely can do that. But don't make it about taking Justin Fields. Especially when, oh, by the way, you know, and I'll continue. This first-round draft that year was insanely good. I mean, look at the players that are still out. That, that Even after Micah Parsons went 12, Rashawn Slater goes to the Chargers at 13. That's a Pro Bowl uh, tackle. Alex Leatherwood, really good um, offensive lineman. Elijah Vera Tucker, another good offensive lineman. Najee Harris makes a Pro Bowl. I mean, there are a lot of – Quiddy Payne, the DN – from Michigan, who's in Indianapolis on one of the best defenses in the league. Yes, they are, actually. Best, at least, run-stopping defenses in the league. There are a lot of great players in the first round of this, this draft. Jalen Phillips for the Dolphins, a D-end. You can make an argument the Falcons could have taken and used all those dudes. And they would have been a better selection than Kyle Pitts. Fine. I'm here for that argument, and I'll let you make it. But don't make it about the fact that they should have taken Justin Fields. All right, coming up, the two most overrated teams in college football. I'll tell you who they are. First, a word from our friends at BetOnline.net. Fastest and easiest way to check in on all your sports betting needs. Find your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games, reviews, and news of every league. NFL have Monday Night Football tonight. A big number being laid by the Philadelphia Eagles in a divisional matchup. Divisional dogs covering nearly at 60% clip this year. Also get news on uh, college football, NHL, NBA, combat sports, esports, even golf. It's all right there. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for your sports wagering information, live in-game betting scores, podcasts. They've got you covered. Podcasts are a great way to get a lot of information. You can head up BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right. Um, Let's see. We had a weekend in college football. I'll start out by saying this much, okay? Oregon, I was wrong. Um, they played a bad game. They played a sloppy game, left points on the field, had some turnovers, missed some field goals, probably shouldn't have lost the game. They did. First home loss at Autzen in, I don't know, 23 games. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Um, you know, 
it's one of those deals where uh, I, I look at the college football landscape and, you know, try to figure out and project how the playoff might be or the four teams of the playoff might be. Oregon, I still believe, had they have won out, they would have went in. Say la vie, not going to happen. Now that right goes to USC. If USC wins out, they'll probably get in uh, as a one-loss Pac-12 champion. I'm here to tell you, I am not here for the discussion for either one of these two teams to get in the college football playoff. One of them is LSU. The other is Tennessee. Okay. I think both of those teams are highly overrated at this point. I think we are pumping a whole lot, putting a whole lot into uh, both of those teams beating Alabama. And while beating Alabama is an accomplishment, you know, it's, it's not like they really beat Alabama. Um, I know they beat them on the scoreboard, but there's two things. One, you have to dive deep into the final score and look at the game script and how it unfolded to figure out how that game went. And two, uh, clearly, this isn't as good and disciplined an Alabama team as we've seen in recent years. You know, literally one play goes in the other direction. LSU loses to Bama and Tennessee loses to Bama. It was that close. It was razor thin. And, and figure the Tennessee game, Alabama muffed a punt. They had a turnover. They missed a field goal. Like, things that usually never happened to Alabama happened. And Tennessee won the game. And Tennessee, oh, by the way, still gave up 49 points in that game. I mean, in, in the game against LSU, Bryce Young throws a pick in the end zone. Killer. Uh, and, and Alabama just can't get out of their own way with penalties. Now, you may sit here and say I'm taking a dump on LSU and Tennessee and, and underrating the wins against Alabama. Yeah, because I, I, I don't think I watch the games. I don't think either one of those teams is that good. Like, in reality, LSU has struggled with Auburn. They've struggled with uh, – uh, they struggled with Arkansas this past week. They haven't blown out anybody. Like, literally, they have not had one convincing win in a conference game this year. The only convincing win they've had is against Ole Miss – and a game that they trailed at halftime and Old Miss forgot how to play football in the second half. That's their most convincing win. And I would argue Ole Miss played Alabama better than LSU did. Because I watched that game too. So, and Tennessee, while they're great at scoring 60 and blowing people out, who have they played? Who have they really played? Nobody. They've played the same soft schedule that Georgia has. They played Alabama and beat them. Good. Congratulations. I don't think that punches your ticket to the college football playoff. And oh, by the way, Tennessee is rooting for Alabama the rest of the way. They are rooting for uh, either Baylor this week to beat TCU. They're rooting for Ohio State and Michigan. They want everybody with a zero to have a one. Because I'll tell you this much. Georgia wins out. Okay, and TCU wins out, and the Big Ten winner, Ohio State, Michigan, is undefeated. Guess what? USC is a one-loss Pac-12 champ, deserves to be in over Tennessee. 100% they do. I'm not saying they'll get in because it's not about who deserves to be in. Theoretically, it's supposed to be about the four best teams, but I guess it should be more about the teams that deserve to get in than the four best teams. But anyway. And I'm telling you, Tennessee can go to the college football playoff and they can get smoked the same way they did against Georgia because guess what? They're not that good. 
Their offense can be slowed down by any measure of a decent defense. And their defense can't stop anybody. And I don't know why we want to see Tennessee in the college football playoff. And LSU doesn't even belong in the conversation. They're not going to beat Georgia. Oh, by the way, they are a 16-point underdog to Georgia. And I'd lay every single one of those points with Georgia because Georgia is going to smoke that team. It's not even going to be close. You thought what they did to Tennessee was bad? <laughs> LSU don't stand a chance. Doesn't stand a chance. They won't even be in that game against Georgia. No shot. Take my money, Georgia, right now. No reason to wait. So, I don't, again, I think LSU is overrated. I think Tennessee is overrated. And I don't think either one of them really legitimately has a chance in the college football playoff unless TCU loses and Ohio State-Michigan take a loss before the Ohio State-Michigan game and the other one wins. Tennessee needs to have just like one undefeated team, in my opinion, to get in. But I'll ask you this question. Georgia wins out. TCU wins out. The Big Ten winner wins out. Is Tennessee legitimately better than a one-loss Michigan or a one-loss Ohio State? The answer is no, they're not. They're not legitimately better. Because Michigan and Ohio State would both beat Tennessee pretty resoundingly, period, on a neutral field. So I don't see anywhere that Tennessee really belongs in this conversation, yet the committee is going to put them in. Why? No clue. I mean, TCU really is the team that holds the cards for Tennessee. They've got to take a loss, and they may take it this week at Baylor, for what it's worth. Just is what it is. So, uh, I, I don't need any more Tennessee love. Really, I'm kind of done with it. And LSU doesn't even have a seat at the table, in my opinion. The loss to Florida State should knock them out. But, again, the committee loves big wins. But really, is it really a big win? And I'm telling you, if Alabama drops another game, especially to Auburn, <laughs> which might actually happen, because at this point, it's a matter of motivation for Alabama, right? How much is Nick Saban, how much do these kids want to play? Is Will Anderson going to be like, you know what, screw it, I'm done. I'm sitting out the rest of the year. I got a chance to be the number one overall pick. I'm not getting hurt. These kids have nothing to play for. They're not going to the SEC title game. Sure, they have a bowl game, probably a, a New Year's Six Bowl that they'll play in because they're Alabama. But is Nick Saban going to go, let me start to see what I got with some of these second and third stringers because the cupboard we found out was pretty bare, at least in certain positions this year. So it's a motivation question. Is Alabama really going to be playing that hard? Are these guys really going full bore against Auburn? Auburn's got all the motivation to win that game. Alabama has none. Cadillac Williams, the interim coach of Auburn, has all the motivation in the world to win that game. Alabama has none. And if Alabama takes a third loss, guess what? Does that, does that win over Bama look so good for Tennessee and LSU? Stop it. You guys are kidding me. You're joking with me, right? Not joking about listening to Locked on Falcons. It is an amazing show. Aaron Freeman does a great job. Hope you guys make that your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked on Sports Today podcast. Biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Speaking of YouTube, guys, you got to get Locked on Sports Atlanta to 5,000 subscribers, man. We are getting so close. We love the support you guys have given us. We haven't even been at this eight months yet, and you guys have been awesome. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Give a thumbs up and a like to all the content there. Uh, we appreciate it. Tell a friend about it. Do it as well. All it takes three seconds. Just click that subscribe button. Bam. And you're part of the Locked On Sports 
Atlanta community. And we certainly appreciate all of it. All right, uh, let's get to some shovels of wisdom before we get to a decision for the Braves that isn't a wrong one. Brace yourselves, because it's time for the Shovel of Wisdom. Yeah, you know how we do it every day. we got to set somebody straight for saying you're doing something stupid. Uh, we give them a shovel of wisdom right upside the head. You can do so on my Twitter account, at Mark Zino, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. Just use the hashtag shovel of wisdom. And today, my shovel goes to the NFL. Yeah. Uh, anybody watch the Sunday Night Football game last night? If you didn't, you missed that uh, Justin Herbert for the Los Angeles Chargers. Whacked upside the head pretty good at the end of the first half. In fact, it was a pretty violent helmet-to-helmet collision. I'm not going to sit here and say whether it was intentional or not or whether there was any sort of you know uh, desire to injure or anything like that, but it was one of those deals where uh, Kevon Greenlaw uh, of the 49ers just smacked him right helmet-to-helmet. Uh, you could argue that, uh, uh, that, that Dre Greenlaw uh, was leading with his helmet and sort of spearing in his in his direction but regardless point simply being is that uh justin herbert had to come off the field uh chase daniel came in for a couple of plays and um justin herbert there's a picture of him and i put it on my twitter account last night with this huge red welt on the side of his jaw from the hit like unreal the 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 impact of the force of the hit that he took guess what Justin Herbert went back in the game in the second half and, you know, NFL concussion protocol be damned. Like it was one of those things where, and and I I told you this was going to happen, by the way, he tried to get up quick and one of his teammates put his hand on his shoulder and told him to stay there because the new rule is if you wobble, if you stumble, if you bobble, you're out. And so all I said is you're going to get players laying on the ground a little bit longer. Herbert wisely got up to a knee and waited there for a second, but his teammate kept him right there and said, don't move. Just stay, breathe it out, take a couple of seconds before you get up, because if you bobble, you're out. That's what players are going to do going forward. That's going to be the way that they get around this new rule here um, of, of, you know, the concussion protocol. But anyway, no way he should have been back in the game, if you ask me. But what do I know? Not a doctor. All I know is that I don't want to play with a big welt on my face. But yet, Justin Herbert did. Chargers lost anyway, so there is that. All right, um, we have awards coming today in Major League Baseball. And for Rookie of the Year, it's going to go 1-2. You're going to see some order of Michael Harris or Spencer Strider winning one and the other one being second. I, I think that that is no, – no one's going to be shocked by either one of those things. Here's the reason why I would give it to Spencer Strider. And this is probably my bias. You guys know when I when I when I get on a train, man, I ride it all the way till the till it crashes at the end. But uh, look, he was absolutely dominant. There's an argument that he was the most dominant pitcher in the game for a stretch. There, uh, he's the fastest ever to 200 strikeouts. Not the fastest rookie. Not the fastest in the NL. The fastest in Major League Baseball history to 200 strikeouts in a season. As far as innings pitched is concerned, by the way, is what I'm talking about. I mean, when you have a record like that in your back pocket and there are guys like Randy Johnson and Pedro Martinez and, you know, Nolan Ryan and, and 
Kurt Schilling, guys out there who just struck out tons of batters throughout their entire career, and you're the fastest to ever do it, come on. Plus, pitching is harder than hitting. Always has been, always will be. I don't want to take anything away from Michael Harris. He's fantastic, right? I mean, you got your center fielder for the next 10 years easily uh, on this team, and, and he's really, really good. But for me, it's, it's Strider all the way. Uh, I give it to Strider one, and then I go over to, uh, to Harris two, and I don't think it matters for anybody else. There are going to be no other awards for the Braves handed out. Um, Max Fried is not the Cy Young. Kyle Wright certainly isn't the Cy Young. Uh, and that's not a, a, a knock on either one of them. It just, they're not going to beat Sandy Alcantara. It's not going to happen. So uh, that's the best hope for the Braves today. And Brian Snicker's up for manager of the year. I suppose he could win that. I, I think there's an argument that he should win it based off of the fact that he was 10 and a half games out in the NL East and yet still managed to go out and win the thing. That's a really good job. But there are a couple of other sort of underdog managers that, you know, people are going to gravitate towards one way or another, especially uh, that guy in Philadelphia who took over for a fired coach midseason and, and ended up making it to the World Series. So there is that. All right. Um, Hawks tonight in Milwaukee taking on the Bucks. Third time they've played Milwaukee since the start of the year. They have one more matchup with them before the end of the calendar year, and that's it. They're done playing the Bucks the rest of the year. Why is this a big game? I suppose you could argue that it would at least guarantee them a season split as the Hawks lost the first one, 123-15, won the second one without Trey Young, 117-98. Now they'll be in Milwaukee. Again, they lost in Milwaukee last time there. So um, winning this game could be somewhat pivotal. And we talked about the stretch that the Hawks are on last week. You know, after that that successful road trip that they went on where they went three and two, um, but the two games they lost were two superior teams in Toronto and Milwaukee. They come back and they uh, win three in a row and they dump a game to Utah, but they win the game against Philadelphia and then lose the other half of it. So, you know, look, you've won four out of the last six. Now you try, really try to find out what, you, what you're worth. Milwaukee, Boston, Toronto, Cleveland are their next four games. And if you combine with the two with Philadelphia ahead of that, okay, you're one and one in the six-game span here. Can you do better than three and three? Can you be four and two? I think that means if you can be, I feel like you're starting to show improvement. If you can't, well, guess what? What I said earlier is going to continue to be the case for the Atlanta Hawks. They'll beat up on the bad teams and they will win uh, or they'll lose rather to the good teams. And that's where they are. And I'm curious, by the way, I'll add one more thought here on the Hawks. I wonder with, with the Lakers being as bad as they are and the Nets being at the mess that they are in, would the Hawks even entertain making a move for some of those pieces? Could Kevin Durant or Anthony Davis or somebody like that be available? Maybe. Question is, do you want him? I don't think you'd ever not want Kevin Durant, but, you know. Hawks would have to give away a whole mess of pieces, including Collins or Kongwu, uh, and, and a bunch of other guys and a bunch of other draft picks. That's not going to be a, a deal that goes easy, to say the least. But anyway, and then maybe you get Ben Simmons. Eh, go figure. We can dream, right? Anyway, uh, yeah, you know, I'm getting a little crazy. Hey, it's Monday, and we're having some fun. want to remind you guys to make Locked On Falcons your very first listen of the day. Aaron Freeman does an amazing job 
We love them here at Locked On Sports Atlanta. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. You get the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel here for Locked On Sports Atlanta. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On ETL. I'm at Mark Zeno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. Don't forget, we're on Roku TV as well, however you get your Roku TV. Download that Amazon Fire Stick or download Roku app, rather, on the Amazon Fire Stick, wherever you get your Roku TV, and you'll get all the great shows here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. That'll do it for us here on A to Z on this Monday. Have a wonderful day. Back tomorrow for a Tuesday edition. Have a great day. Not to get the crap from anybody. See you.